All right, so we just got done talking about the Enneagram stuff, mm-hmm. and not only the Enneagram things, but like the personality traits and spiritual gifting tests and, mm-hmm. and what our opinions are on that. And you know what? We just decided that we need to talk more about it. We got to keep going. We got to do a part de. There's so much more. Yeah, part zwei. It's German for two. German. How, how, what? Yeah, zwei. Eins, zwei. Zwei? Zwei. I, I can't even tell how you're making that sound. You're it's, like a it's bird. It's C-W-E-I, but it's like pronounced zwei. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's okay. I'm probably <laughs> doing it wrong. So like an actual German. Actually, we have a German listener. Our really? good friend Inessa in Germany. Shout out to Inessa. Shout out. Um, she listens to our podcast, which is really cool. So Very she'll cool. she'll probably hear this and be like, oh, Michael, no, that's that's horrible. Don't ever do that oh, again. Say something else in German. Uh, ich verstehe ein bisschen Deutsch. Something German. I speak very little German. Mm. So I always thought that was interesting. In Germany, they call it, they call it, they don't call it Germany, they call it Deutschland. 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 Yeah. Wh- where does that come from? What do you mean? Why is it, I it oh, why is it Deutschland? Why is it and Deutschland not, and not Germany? Uh, well, Deutsch is German and then land is. I mean, right. It's land. German land. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. Somehow that doesn't add up in my mind. Yeah, I guess I guess I, I with just the English translation, curious. we wouldn't want to call it German land because it sounds like Disneyland, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But like it sounds very close to Dutch. Deutsch? Deutsch. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. know what to tell you. I, I, okay. yeah, I have right. no idea. All right. Uh my my German language studies is very, very limited. So when I lived there, um so this is before Kale and I got married. I lived there for just a little under a year mm-hmm. in this little town called Hameln, Germany. Okay. And uh, have you ever heard, we may have talked about this, but have you ever heard of the Pied Piper before? Yes. So um, this guy, for those of you who don't know the story, it's like a children's story. It's like a fairy where, tale. Yeah, it's like a fairy tale. But this guy, or no, sorry, this town is overrun by rats mm-hmm. and they want the rats to go away, obviously. And so they hire this guy who's a piper who says that he can... I guess get rid of all the rats and he plays his flute gets rid of all the rats and they follow him out of the town because Mm -hmm. his flute is magical or something I don't know Um, but the town refuses to pay him and to get revenge he plays his flute and all the children follow him out of town and they never see their children again how freaky of a story I'm just there's a lot of man there's some messed up children's stories that come out why the children why not the elderly people I don't know man because I guess the children would die without well I guess the children end up I don't know what happens to the children, actually. Ugh, I don't want to think about that. Anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh, it's so dark. But anyway, so the town that this place is from, uh, I think it's the, the English translation is Hamlin, I think. I think that's right. So uh, you're saying the story is from that town? The story is from the town that I did ministry in. Yeah, okay. that I helped out at a church planet called Hameln. Okay. That's the German version of it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, a lot of people don't even know that that's a real place. They thought it was just a made-up place. But really? But every week on Friday, they reenact that entire thing. Every single week? Every Friday, they reenact it. And there's this guy who dresses up like the Pied Piper and these little children in rat costumes who follow him throughout the street. Every single week. Every Friday. Yep. For how long? Uh, I don't how know. How long has this been? Maybe that's like crazy. Oh my yeah. gosh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's, it's really I mean, cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's a beautiful town, too. Yeah, it's it's cool. like a, 
a cool little small German village, but it's it's beautiful. Like it's really nice. Okay. So yeah, I miss it there actually. No rats, no children. Pretty quiet place. Huh? Yeah, it's really kind of a depressing scene. But yeah, the, the the children's ministry obviously at that church was a little lacking, dwindling. Yeah, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so back to our original topic, which was the enneagram and personality tests and yeah, spiritual gifting. You Lesson. said that you had like another question, but before we get into that, yes. I wanted I had another question for you. Okay, so does the and and there's no right or wrong answer necessarily. But all the pressure's off then. Yeah, exactly. You can say whatever you want. But does the occultish background of the Enneagram at all color your perspective on it now? Even though it's been in popular culture, it's been demystified, it's kind of gotten away from that those roots, but it still uses that that uh, that symbol which mm-hmm. is traced back to the the occultic symbols that it stems from the numerology and the numeric divination. Yeah. yeah. Does that at all have an effect on you? The short answer, no. The longer answer, I'm not sure if it should. Or or if I should you know what I mean? Right, yeah. I don't I don't know. Should it bother I, me more than it does? That kind exactly. of Exactly. Should it bother me more than it does? Mm-hmm. Um maybe. Um but again, from what we talked about before, looking at everything through the biblical lens, mm-hmm. and I mean, sure, take the shape out of it, you know, it could just be nine numbers on a page, I don't care, mm-hmm. you know, um, like, just seeing it as a, sort of a personality tool, it doesn't make me uncomfortable, because sure. I, I'm looking at these at these things from a biblical perspective mm-hmm. and from that lens. And so, no, it doesn't bother me at all. Right. That's the short answer. Um, yeah. Again, should it? I don't know. Maybe. Um, right. Because I understand, I, underst- I understand that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know the, no, I don't I know the answer that. to that. What well, about you? Does it make you uncomfortable? Um, yes and no. I feel like the no. answer is yes. Well, it's yes and no. Because, so... I think that you can you can take it two ways. You can take it to where like yeah, it does bother me because it does have these occult background, this occult background, and people are using it without under fully understanding where it actually comes from. Mm-hmm. And uh, but at the same time, it, it doesn't because it's been it's kind of been taken out of that out of that context and is used strictly now as like a personality thing. There are some. Catholic circles that use this spiritually who have uh, seminars and things like that and retreats based on this. And they're saying that if you are able to uh, connect more with your number or get closer to the number that helps your number, then you will grow spiritually. I think that is that bad. I disagree with. Yeah, I think that's bad. I agree. Um, and so if, if Christians are using it that way, then you're starting to cross over back into the occult uh, numerology stuff that we just need to run from. Yeah. Uh, and so if you're using it strictly as a personality traits tool, then I think it's okay and not, not that big of a deal. And I view it sort of like Christmas, I guess. And like I told you before we had this, I was going to bring that up. We were, yeah, we were having this conversation about there are Christians out there who hate Christmas 
because it was based off of a pagan holiday. And mm. there's a thousand and one opinions about that. Some people say that it's not actually based on a pagan holiday. Some say that it was based on a pagan holiday. Whatever. If it was, if the jury comes back and it 100% is based off a of pagan holiday, it's been redeemed by Christians to represent yeah. the, the birth of Christ and a time of celebration for that. Yeah. Uh, and so that is a, that's a good thing. Like we should celebrate the birth of Christ. So that's kind of my take on it, I think. Yeah. I think that like it has these occultic back, this occultic background, but if it's no longer associated with that, yeah. Then, I don't know. Then well, it's well, harder could, for me to just be have that thing. I do think right. Christians need to be aware, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I think you could take it the other way and say, well, okay, if you're gonna, if you're gonna say, you know, no, stay away um, because of where it came from. Yeah. Um, then, Hold up a crucifix and. Right. right. Then are you, are you gonna do that with other things, in culture that have these like you say i I, you mentioned christmas Mm -hmm. but i'm sure there are lots of other cultural things that we do or participate in Mm -hmm. that may have have their origins and you know whatever the occult or other things that that aren't that now and so you know are if you're gonna if you're gonna with withdraw from something like that are you going to do that with everything else in your life? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, um, and that's where, okay, so this is where I get into, like, the like the slippery, slippery slope argument where, like, well, if you start this way, then you're just going to go downhill from there, and you're just going to, you know, ban everything out of your life. And, like, oh, man. But that wouldn't be wise. We're I, wise people. Right. But it's, man, at the same time, though, man, it's, it's hard. So, like, I don't watch certain shows. Kayla and I, like, we won't watch things that has like nudity in it yeah we just won't because that's just we think it's a bad idea yeah um and because it is because yeah but what about things with violence in it you know why why do we think that one is worse than the other which i think so i think for for some people like nudity can be worse than than watching you know violence because it can bring up this lustful images in your head and all these Mm -hmm. different kinds of things and it can lead you into you know pornography or or whatever but should we be filling our head with violence? And it just, it's just one of those things, well, like, yeah, it's just not that big of a deal. Well, like, well, why isn't it a big deal? Like, is it yeah. not a big deal because I'm afraid of slipping into legalism or like, should I really think about that? And yeah. should I really try to yeah. like, well, and, oh man, you can really get into the weeds there. Yeah, I know. And that's because, like the whole, the whole problem. Right. Right. Well, because I mean, you think about, and <laughs> we are really chasing a rabbit trail here, but I want to get back to what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with that, I mean, like you say, sure, nudity can can cause you know um, people who struggle with lust and that kind of stuff to to. And it's just against slip. yeah, the, you know, biblical idea of modesty and things like that. Right. Um, but something like violence, um, again, what what sort of violence? You know, are you watching a, a war movie and it's something that's historical? Mm-hmm. Uh, or or are you watching are you watching violence like John Wick <laughs> right or are you watching John Wick yeah where this guy is just like popping straight people on the head all revenge. the time revenge yeah, yeah I mean just killing people like like they're not souls right. or lives you know they're just it's sort of dehumanizing killing and that kind of stuff um, and and the question is 
Does something like that tempt you to go and do those things? Well, not only that, but does it displease God for you to watch those things? Yeah. And oh. then... Oh, that's a heavy question. I know. Woo! I know. But, and we also like to take it to the extreme of like... So like John Wick, I think, would be like, that's an extreme version of violence. Yeah. But what about watching like the Avengers movies? Like those got tons of violence. It's got killing in it. Yeah. So what about what about those? We, this is we, making me too uncomfortable, Michael. We I, have to stop talking oh, about. Oh man, it. it's awful. Like it's it's such a thing where like we're I think at times we want to make excuses for allowing ourselves certain things because we're just like, oh well, if we get into that, then well, what about this? You know, and then yep. we just ignore the whole the topic completely. Yeah. Or because we'll be we like, might have to change our lives a little too much. Yeah, and who wants to do that? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares about holiness and, and sanctification? Oh. So it's it's oh, one of those man. things where it's where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line of just doing it because of legalism? Mm-hmm. Or where you're using the fear of legalism as an excuse for, to not have to change your life? I don't know the answer to that. Me neither. So but let's talk a, about something but else. It's a so. really, I think it's a really good point, and yeah. that might be something that we could talk about on a further podcast. Yeah. Because, I, I mean... We could sit and really talk about that for a long time. Right. That being said, I'm not sure we would get anywhere on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, we we get to the point where we'd be like, well, we got to do what God says. Yeah. Even if it's uncomfortable. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, well, so, then, yeah. boom! Like you just kind of answered it. There you go. Right. We uh, don't have to cover it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's... So, moving back to where we were. Yeah. I, I want to kind of backtrack back behind this rabbit trail um so personality tests and uh the occult that's what you're talking about um how we feel about enneagram specifically um because it has its origins there so you you what was your point again i we have gone so far that i don't even remember what you had mentioned so you you were more above of being cautious. Oh, in ministry is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, right. Okay, sorry, I think I slightly zoned out for a split second. Uh, so what's my take on using those things within ministry? Yes. Um, yeah, I think and not and not just the enneagram, but also things like Myers Briggs. Yeah, things like spiritual giftedness tests. I. So if somebody is really into them and they think that it could help and they make a good case that it could help. Like, I'm not going to be like a, a dictator in, in ministry stuff and just be like, no, we're not doing that. Negative. Yeah. yeah. There's some things that I would do that with. Um, if, especially if I'm in charge of a particular ministry or if I'm in leadership in a church, mm-hmm. and there are certain things where I would, yeah, I would draw a line and be like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, but if it came to this, you know, maybe I would, yeah, I would be more like willing to like do it and and yeah. see how it could help. Um, but I would be just because I'm this way anyway with a lot of things. I would be more skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, You're such a five. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, but um, but I would also want the people who are, I guess, who are doing it in the ministry to to not rely on it too much and yes. to to understand the limitations of it yes to understand the uh, just some of the the problems that come along with it um so i think that within the right context with within the right within the right understanding 
of needing to judge this based on scripture, judging this based off of our community and being able to, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess not judging one another, but being able to help one another out with, yes. with seeing the strengths and stuff and weaknesses. So, of, so go ahead. In a setting, I, I think what you're trying to say, I think in a small group setting, it will be perfect because, because especially, well, in a small group setting where, where you're very familiar, you, mm-hmm. you know each other. Right. Um, and you spend a lot of time together. Um, in that setting, you know, say we each take a test or even if it's not a test and, and we're just reading through things, we're like, I think I'm this one. Yeah. You know, and and so we say, well, I think I'm this, I think I'm this, you know, right. all the way around. And then say for you, you're like, I think you're like, I think I'm this. And then I can say, well, I think you're more this way in right. some ways. And, and then each one of us can really give you feedback right. on yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and how... Maybe you are like that in some ways, but then mm-hmm. in other ways you may not be. Right. You know, and again, like we talked about in the other podcast, I, I think that's going to give you the more accurate picture. Yeah, I think so too. And I think one of the questions that we would have to ask along with it is to what end are we using these tests? Because if it, but one of my issues with it is that I do these tests and I do them with a group of people. And then the next day we just don't, we don't think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. So at that point it's just, well, what was the point of doing this anyway? Because like, I don't remember what my thing was. If it's not going to cause you, yeah. If it's not going to cause any type of change or at least cause you to at least think about yourself and, and try to maybe grow in some way. Right. Yeah. That was not really any point. Yeah. And then it's just, it's just a fun thing. Yeah. And so I guess maybe that's at times what I think about it too. It's just when you're trying to use these things to help like a congregation or something like that, or or to help a, a small group or a team, it just, it doesn't really seem to, to stick. And I don't, I'm not saying like I have all of this, experience with it mm-hmm. this small amount of experience that i have it's just like okay they take these tests but then after that after that one day of of talking about it it's like nothing happens with it mm-hmm. and like you don't really think about it anymore and, and that may just be me because again i'm more skeptical about it i'm more mm-hmm. a little bit more cynical um and some people may hold on to it but it's to me, seems more just like a a fading fad that really just won't last that long, and mm-hmm. within the body and within the life of the group. Right. So I just I don't really know the point. I at times I think, mm-hmm. but again, I think I could be, I obviously can be proven wrong, and it it make a difference. But I will say though that if we were to do it, I would try to push to do one that is more along the lines of the big five because right, I would, right. I would just trust something that more, more evidence based. Yeah. I would just trust that more than something that, that comes back in the negative light when it comes to science. So mm-hmm. that's just, that's kind of my two cents on that. Okay. So you believe in science. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to quote Nacho Libre, but then I thought that you would make fun of me because I don't like Nacho Libre. Apparently you don't, I do like Nacho Libre. Me and your wife quote it all the time. And you're like, I like watching Nacho Libre when people aren't saying the lines along with the movie right next to me. So so I have to say shout out to the Denmans. 
we went and had dinner at oh, their house. They quote it all the time. So the Denmans yeah, are so our funny. church, are our family and our church, yeah. um, who are awesome. Oh, they're um, great. And uh, we went over to their house and had dinner this past sun- Sunday, Saturday. Um, and it was so good. Like all of their kids started quoting. They're Uncle hilarious. Man. Word for word. So funny. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, I love that family. But anyway, so uh, getting back to the ministry side of things, um, yeah. I, I see both sides, and I think that it could be very helpful in some ways. Um, and we've already discussed, I think, a lot of the weaknesses there. Um, I think my next question would be, do you think that there's any any application of this to apologetics? Whether it be applying this to ourself in apologetics or applying this to others in apologetics. And again, we've kind of touched on apo- on applying it to others. Yeah. Um, but I'd just like to get a little bit more of your opinion on that. Again, I'm going to be negative. You're a negative Nancy. I know. Guy, I'm man. so sorry. Um, when it comes to Myers Briggs and Enneagram, I would say no, because I think it's your none, t- no help whatsoever. I, I for for me personally, and okay. and ask another person who's into apologetics, and they may give you a totally different answer. But me personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't apply it at all. Okay. I wouldn't apply those two at all, just because that it, for the reason that I used earlier when mm-hmm. it comes to or in the previous podcast, you're just it's I think it just opens you up with putting people in boxes and treating them a certain way mm-hmm. that you I think you need to react to the conversation that you're in, yeah. not the conversation that you think you should be having based off of the number you think that person is or based off of the group of letters you think that person is right you need to be in the conversation you're in right now mm-hmm. um and reacting based on that not based on how you think they're going to react to something yeah uh and so that's my feeling on that now i think with the big five i think it could be a little help uh it could be helpful when it comes to noticing the tendencies that you have so if you yeah. have more of a I guess more of a, an agreeableness trait. Mm-hmm. So like you're a little bit more on the agreeableness scale where you're not as likely to disagree with someone from a different worldview mm-hmm. and have that more apologetic conversation or that gospel centered conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that can help you and you can realize that, okay, I need to just be a little bit less agreeable, yeah. a little bit more, um, not headstrong, but a little bit more assertive yeah. in my beliefs. Yeah. Um, but you're describing me right now. Oh, I'm describing myself too. I've done yeah. that as well. I've there's been so many times where I haven't really wanted to say something because I'm just afraid of what the other person's going to say, and yep. and I'm a big old big old baby. Yeah. So, um, so I think that can be helpful, and I think it can be. I get, I think it could even be helpful when it. I don't know. Maybe that's the most helpful thing I can think of at the moment, because I just don't I don't know enough about the Big Five to really be able to give too much of an answer to that yeah well but, i mean that's getting into the nitty-gritty of that specific one yeah know? yeah and i could see that one being more helpful than like the specific yet generalized answers of the enneagram and the the myers-briggs mm-hmm. um so yeah i think i think that's kind of my i yeah that's my opinion i think i would i would go with the big five I'm trying to understand who you are, how you can be more assertive, how you can be more attentive to what they're saying, how mm-hmm. you can think critically about what the other person's saying, 
And if you need to be, if you need to try to put yourself in a headspace that's a little bit more, I guess, assertive when it comes to sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. I think that could possibly help. Yeah. 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 That's just kind of my, my thoughts on that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, uh, I think I agree. Are you just saying that because you are super agreeable? Yeah, I think I just said the word. I think I just said the word "agree" like five times. So yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I would, I would take that same idea and maybe I would take that same idea and still I think apply it to the Myers Briggs and the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that because again. We're not reading, we're not reading the evidence. Like, we're 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 taking the big five and applying it to these things, and we're trusting it because we've read that it's evidence based. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not doubting that. Sure, sure, it's evidence based. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I think we're using it in the exact same way that that we are the Myers Briggs or the Enneagram. I mean, you're taking these things. Um, and then you're applying, you're applying them in the way that you think applies to you. Um, and so I think I would agree in that, what, how am I trying, what am I trying to express right now? I would agree with what you said, plus Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, even Mm -hmm. knowing that there, even like, I, I accept that there's not a lot of, of evidence Mm. And and that yeah sure the validity and stuff isn't consistent right but I think if there even if you pick up little nuggets and little sparks of things about yourself that you may be able to sure improve on or if it opens your eyes to something about yourself yeah I think it's helpful sure yeah man and I'd, maybe not always sure yeah right? I'm not saying it's 100 percent truth so does it but does it when when you and I think we talked about this again last time. We might be circling around. To the I think same we are circling around a bit. Yeah. So I I go back and forth between if I want to actually ask this question again or if I just want to let it go. I want to ask the question. I again. know you want to. Ask so the like so <laughs> does it not does it does it not bother you though that the that the evidence is the the evidence is little with the enneagram, but all the evidence that there are that there is is it's negative it's like this is not reliable probably shouldn't use it don't take it seriously it's just like a fun conversation starter yeah so knowing that i guess my question is like why would you still want to do it why would you still want to i I can only speak personally for me but for me it's because i don't take any of them too seriously sure even the big five um or even myers-briggs right like well, sh- is this, it- like these tests don't define who I am. Yeah, you know, like I, I take again, I take all of that from from the scriptures. Yeah, and and right. so if if there's something like I, I kind of see it as like, sure, they're just fun little tests. Yeah, but if if they if they spark thoughts in my brain about myself and uh, and and it makes me really th- begin to self analyze and think, am I that way? Or am I not that way? And then and and then I begin to have conversations with friends and family. Like I'll be like, you know, I'll talk with Lacey. Like, 
you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think, you know, and then it becomes this conversation. And if at the end of the day, all of that has happened and I've had sort of more self-realization mm-hmm. and, and I'm learning about myself and I'm learning maybe about some of my strengths and maybe about some of the things that I need to grow in. Um, it's a win. Sure. You know? And so that's, again, I guess b- the bottom line is I don't really take any of them as like as go- gospel, gospel right. truth, yeah. you know, even, even the big five, the big evidence, you know? Right. I mean, because again, if I can take something from any of them, yeah. you know, my, my identity is in Christ and, all the gospel truth comes from the gospel. Sure. So I guess I, I would... And that's just me. Yeah. No, and and I think I agree with that, too. I guess I'm going to push a little bit more just because it's Do fun it. and kind of mean. At the this same is time, helpful guess, to me. But, um, but I guess n- knowing that the main... So I don't want to mischaracterize what you're saying. Sure. But it sounds to me like the, the main thing that you take away from this is that you would... You don't actually necessarily trust what it says about you necessarily, even though you can look at those, uh, look at a few of those traits and be like, okay, yeah, that's me in some instances. Mm -hmm. But the main thing that you appreciate is the, the fact that it makes you think about yourself in the conversations that you have around it. That that's based on that with other people. Yes. Okay. So do you think that you could have those same conversations based off of, Not how I want to based say off this. of something else other than the test or yeah. other than well, any of these personality things. I guess maybe I don't know how am I wanting to say that, that answer would be yes, right? And so, like, if you're going, if you're, if you're going to have these conversations, do you think that it would be better to have them based off of something that is not scientifically untrue or like not scientifically not untrue, but like proven to not really be consistent. And so should you just remove those things altogether? Because in reality, like they may have these conversations, they help you have these conversations, but the test itself is not really valid. So knowing that now, would it be better to remove those tests altogether and just, well, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but like figure it out on my own. Yeah, or not figure it out on your own, yeah, but I mean, just that, like... Is that what you're getting at, though? Man, dude, you I don't know. know. To I'm going to cut so much of this and, and post. No, this is really good. This is really good. Yeah, I guess that. I guess, like, so now that you have thought about it, and we've had this conversation, like, would you have that conversation without needing those tests to to prompt it? I mean, I might get there. Yeah, but again, I can only speak for myself, and I'm not really great at self-examining. Uh-huh. Um, but neither are those tests, right? But they have, they they have self-examining material within yeah. them. So would you? Cut and so it? if I can, if again, so your question. Would you cut all of that out? Well, no. Okay, so like my question now is: Would you cut out the two that has no scientific backing and in negative science or negative backing uh-huh. for just the evidence-based one, just the the five big questions, and just not even do those other two because they're actually not not really helpful in the sense that it's actually going to 
tell you about yourself while but, while the big five can better tell you about yourself they can't yeah, absolutely but because at that point what's not, the point of doing these well, other things well, they're when not, there's one that actually is useful yes but they're not also 100 percent false but i mean but, all, everything that you get from that yeah. isn't 100 percent false sure it might not be 100 percent right. true either yeah i guess though my my question is why would you do something that is like 75% false versus something that is 75-80% true. Yeah. Well, my my argument isn't that they're better. Right. And and my argument isn't that I would rather do them than the big 5. Yeah. Um I think so my argument is just that there may still be some usefulness to them. How 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 I yeah. how I define that, I'm not really sure. Okay, but I do. I I am not at the point right now to say no. They're completely useless. Throw them out. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that they would be completely useless. Okay. I'm just saying that. Okay. Well, you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you, you just said they're not completely useless. Right. What is the use? What? What, in your opinion, is the usefulness of them? I I think for what you said, they could spark conversation. Okay. But so could a spiritual gift assessment so could For so sure. could so could the big 5 and yeah. so i guess the analogy that i'm going to use is really bad but this is kind of what i'm going with you could take a screwdriver flip it around and use the handle to beat in a nail mm-hmm. and you'll get the nail in eventually but i could just pick up a hammer and do it way quicker and better so i guess my thing i'm i'm going to apply that to these tests okay. like I could use these, the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and get some glimmers of truth out of it. Mm-hmm. Or I could take the big five and get something that is solid and I can understand it and, and know that it is a better measure of my personality traits and what I need to do to become more assertive or more open or whatever. Right. And then also have conversations based off of things that are way that are more true or have more truth in it than these other things. So mm-hmm. why even do these other things if there's this hammer rather than a screwdriver that's being misused? Does that yeah. make sense well, at all? Uh, but again, I'm not saying my argument isn't I'd rather, I'd rather use the screwdriver. Right. My argument is why not – which this is a weird comparison, yeah. but why not use the hammer and the screwdriver? Because that's we know, what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I would say that because we know that the tests aren't scientifically right, or they're not scientifically back. So we wouldn't. Why but they're would not we, scientifically wrong either. Well, they are. Like well, that's what those. That's what the tests have come well, back to show. Yes, but I guess what I'm saying is they're not 100 percent false. Right. Sure, they may not scientifically be valid. Right. Or or consistent in yeah. the results. Right. That yes, we agree there. So But there I think there is some truth to be gleaned from those. But that's all I'm saying. But if yeah, I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. <laughs> so like this This is, is good. I, I know, like man. It. All of our conversations we always uh, like agree and yeah. and it's boring. Who cares about agreeing? This has been the best one yet. Yeah, I guess I, for me it's just like it makes it doesn't make sense to hold on to something that has scientifically been proven to be invalid 
mm-hmm. when you have something that is proven to be valid and it does the thing you're seeking from these other things. Yes. And so I, in my opinion, get rid of these other things mm-hmm. and cling to something that is has backing to it that is that we know that we can trust because you yeah. can't really necessarily fully trust these other things absolutely and and i and i agree with that yeah like because sure like objective um science and proof is is backing up the big yeah. five and so like for instance <clears throat> say i want like i want to do i'm only smiling right now because i like this I, conversation me too. I, did, I did the same thing so uh so Say I'll, I've never taken any of these tests before. I want to learn something about my personality, and so I do some research, and I'm like, "What's the best one?" Okay, Big Five is the most accurate. But then I come across Myers Briggs, and I come across Enneagram. The Big Five, having all the evidence behind it, absolutely do it. See what the results are. Get. See what you can glean about yourself from that. That's great, um, and and keep that in mind. Like that of of these three, that's going to be your most evidence based. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think. Oh, let me continue with the example. So then you go to the enneagram, and you're like, and you read through all of these nine different things. Um, so it's very different than than the big five because the big five is five big traits and it's sort of where you fall on on a spectrum of each one of these traits um and there, there's a little bit of, and and there's some detail there mm-hmm. um um but then with the enneagram it's very much more uh about what your traits are but then about how you respond it's very it's very situational and so it's like um, you know, when you're stressed out, you may re- you may tend to be this way. When you're feeling great, you may tend to be this way. When you're in between, you may tend to be feeling this way. Um, and again, keeping in mind, it's not scientifically valid. But if if by doing that, you find one of these that you do that correlates with you mm-hmm. and that you relate to, and you're like, huh, I, I think I am kind of that way, and am kind of this way. And then again, you can compare that with your big five results, mm-hmm. and and sure, does it match up? I, I feel like it probably would, at, at least fairly closely. I mean, some of your details are going to be different again because our personalities change mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, we covered that personality is so fluid, um, but you might pick up something from reading through the enneagram stuff mm-hmm. that maybe is true about you that you didn't pick up from the big five. And, sure. and again, if that's something that you begin to think about and have conversations yeah. with your wife and your family and, and it, and it helps you. And then you can apply the same thing. You know, you do your Myers-Briggs and if you pick up more truth and again, knowing, yes, these other two aren't necessarily scientifically evidence-based mm-hmm. while the big five is more scientifically evidence-based. But again, you're holding them all very loosely, right? Because all everything that I've said before, yeah. But I, I'm just, I'm not at the place where I would throw the other two out sure. because if there's something that I could learn about myself, yeah, and and apply and apply it and compare it with the other, mm-hmm. then I want to do that. Does the, but does it affect your opinion at all? 
Well, I guess probably not because we've we've already talked about this particular aspect of the test. But you could take a test one time, <coughs> get a certain number that has certain personality personality traits. Right. Take it a second time, get another number that has possibly fairly opposite personality traits. Mm-hmm. Does that not influence the way that you view that test or the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram? Because it's saying in on one number that you're this way, but on the other number it's saying you're not actually that way, you're this way. And so wouldn't that be just leading you more towards confusion instead of actually understanding who you are? Well, it might, but I like I at least have some understanding of myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I was this person who was raised by wolves and didn't know anything about myself... And and I was genuinely trying to learn my personality, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, this is saying I'm a six. Now it says I'm a nine. Now it says I'm a one. Mm-hmm. Now it says, you know, then yes, it would be very confusing. But, like, I'm an intelligent person, and mm-hmm. I know, like, I'm at least somewhat self-aware. Mm-hmm. And so if something, if I get a result, and it's like, I mean, yeah, maybe there's that one little part that's kind of like me, but, like, the rest of this isn't like me. And then I get similar feedback from again people surrounding me, like, "Hey, am I? Do I do this kind of stuff?" Mm-hmm. And I get and I and I get similar feedback. Then, like again, I hold it very loosely, and I'm like, "No, that's garbage." Sure, you know. So, right. y- y- I mean, yes, there has to be some, there has to be some intelligent filtering mm-hmm. and and some self feedback of like, okay, this isn't right. Right. Throw that out. So I guess that's why I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't want to use it in ministry, though, because if 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 this is going to give people different numbers every time they take it or every other time they take it, mm-hmm. then that that's not consistent enough for me to be able to actually use it within a team building scenario. Yeah. Because if we're building a team, like I want to be able to have a better understanding of, you know, how people tick and things. Mm-hmm. And I can't get that from something that's given me different answers every time. Right. So, and that's why, that's why I don't think I would, it, again, unless somebody was really like ardent on it, then, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I'd make an exception. And I will say, I think, I think that Enneagram probably does a better job than the Myers-Briggs does mm-hmm. because Myers-Briggs, you're either one or the other like Mm -hmm. there's not really a a gradient there whereas wasn't that what what the enneagram does you're like you're a nine or you're a three or you're a two uh not not completely um sure it's the one that you most identify with yeah but it it also gives you like okay you're a whatever most of the time but you may what the the term is like wing, so you right. may so like your your right. sub number. You may wing to another type of personality, or you may you may be this personality most of the time, or when you're stressed out, you may go towards this personality. So I think the enneagram again, I think it's more popular now, uh-huh. and I think it's a little more flexible. Yeah, because because of that, I I don't think that it is as bad as the Myers Briggs as like. Stamping, like you're that. stamping you as a label. Sure. Um, the Enneagram is very much more like you're probably mostly like this, but in this situation you could be more like this one. And in this situation you could be more like this one. And in another situation you could be more like this one. Mm-hmm. But but it gives you at least a loose structure to look at and think, does that match me? 
Does it not match me? Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, and I think that's probably why it's a little more popular. Um, uh, it's again, I think there are probably tests. So the setting that we keep referring to is I take a test and I get a different result every single time. Um, but, but in my experience, at least reading about the Enneagram and reading through it, Mm -hmm. um, there may be situations where you take a test and it gives you a number. Um, but in at least a little, the little bit that I've read, I don't, I don't know everything about it. Um, that's not really the way to approach it because yeah, you're going to get a different number depending on how you're feeling and what you're doing. Um, I think the better way to approach the Enneagram is again, sit down and read through one through nine, right, all the way through, and and it'll take a while because there's all these details about each one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're reading through them all, you'll probably mostly relate. I mean, as you're reading, at, at some point you're going to be like, oh yeah, I do kind of tend to be that way, or I do kind of, I do like that is kind of the way that my brain thinks, and you'll probably r- relate more or less to one of the numbers. But again, you may relate to two different numbers. So do you think that so there's a lot of fluid there? Do you think the best way to use it then would not be to take a test, but to no. to just like like you said, just look at the sheet and see how you could be or like what you may be. Yes. So I think I could I could understand that more than I could understand taking a test to see which one you are. I still don't necessarily yes. like I agree. Well, hold to it's, it very much, and I don't think it's, it's as very useful, loose. But it's not evidence based, right? Like we've covered that. Yeah, and I agree with you there. So, and I think that makes it hard to use when it comes to assessing your relationships with other people, um, because if you are judging your your reactions to other people or your relationships to other people based off of the number that they claim to be. You're now you're saying that it is not something that's objective, but something that is completely subjective based off of your perception of yourself. And the issue with that, I think, is that many people have a completely different, uh, almost a uh, either it could be a narcissistic uh, perception of themselves where they think that they are the best traits of every number or they Mm -hmm. think that they what they would view as the best number, even though there's not supposed to be a best number. Right. Um, And it can just completely skew it or you can have somebody who is more like timid or more you know more humble i guess where they would say that they're the what they would assume would be the worst number when they're Mm -hmm. really not right and so if you're talking with somebody and they say oh i'm number this and then someone else says oh they're number this you don't really know because like your perception of that person could be totally different and at that point it just becomes well what's the point why wouldn't i just instead of forgetting about their number because their perception of themselves may be something totally different than my own mm-hmm. of them. Wouldn't it be better to have a conversation and just go through normal relationship building practices and learn who they are without trying to put that box around them? Yes. Yeah. And so that's, uh, I think that's also the brilliance of the the five too, because mm-hmm. the five, it's not like, you are this, or you're 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 this number, so you behave this way. Right. You just are. You have different tendencies. Right. And it's like it is in a way, I guess, a little bit more general. And you're not putting a box around somebody. It's just like you kind of notice they may be a little bit more uh, closed off to you know having these new experiences, but they're not right. like they're not this. And so therefore, it's not this as whole black cascade and white. of other like this whole cascade of other 
uh, tendencies that they're that they must have because they're mm-hmm. slightly closed off to new experiences. Yeah, it's not as black and white. Right. Yeah. 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 And so it's. I don't know what I was going to say before, um, but it's interesting because you'll have to cut this. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You made a point about three-fourths through what you were saying that I was going to say something to, and then I forgot it as you were finishing the last bit. Wouldn't it be better to have a, like, just go through normal relationship building stuff? Is that what you were Yes. So, so something else. Um, I, uh, so I was listening to a podcast and, um, they were talking about the Enneagram, um, as we are now. Um, and, uh, and one of the ladies who was supposed to be like an ex- quote expert on it. Um, so she described it as sort of a shortcut to long-term relationship building. Um, with the with the knowledge that it's not everyone is going to fit perfectly into every box mm-hmm. or any box, um, and so uh, but it might be able to give you some insights about some things about them. Um, but again, even she mentioned that you have to. It's not. 100 mm-hmm. percent um but i thought it was interesting because that was the point that that she made was um that like our culture is always looking for shortcuts and they they were talking about why it's so popular now when it's been around for a really long time and i think that was the point that she made was that our culture looks for shortcuts and even for relationship building we like having shortcuts of saying i'm this number you're this number and we have this general understanding of what that means. So when you identify as that, like I already know without having to talk, without having to have this long-term relationship with you, I already know a lot about you, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Again, though, not a lot of evidence to back that up. And I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. And I think, man, I think that's dangerous to be honest with you, man. Because yeah. like, if you if you're thinking that you know a lot about something based off of a a number that doesn't have that scientifically doesn't mean a whole lot, mm-hmm. then like, then at that point, it's just I don't that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I guess you know, um, and I I think that when you have to make so many caveats mm-hmm. for a particular tool then it doesn't really end up being much of a tool. It just kind of becomes this thing that possibly creates more obstacles than deconstructs obstacles. Um, because if you have to say that, like, well, this, there's this personality test that it's got no scientific backing, and it's, it, it, it comes back different every time you take it, uh, but you should hold it loosely, um, and you shouldn't take it very seriously, and uh, but it's kind of fun. These are all very good points. Then it's just like, well, then why are you even like? What's the point then? <laughs> like, well, why are you even talking to me about this? Yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of my my closing thought on that. Yeah, I guess if I don't know if you're just like going back to the really bad tool analogy. Like if you if you're like I've got this really cool screwdriver, but don't twist it too hard because it might break and. <laughs> 
the the head of it actually doesn't fit any existing oh, screw. Goodness, but it's it's still good. Like yeah. then it's just like, well, that's a useless screwdriver. I'm not going to use that. You know, that's that's a valid point. I don't think it's that useless. Sure, I, I, <laughs> I think you're I think you're painting a little bit of a dramatic. Picture. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> not me. But but I get your points, and and there's a good points. Um, but again, at the same time. I still see the usefulness in some of it. Sure. With sure. with as long as you're cautious about it. Yeah. And as long as you're looking at all of this through through scripture. Mm-hmm. Um and again, um not judging people or putting people in boxes mm-hmm. and and being open and realizing that, yeah, um spiritual giftedness, um, personality, our attitudes all change you know mm-hmm. and i mean we're all yeah we're all changing and growing yeah and so definitely. it is this process right um i think i think there's a lot i don't know if i'd say a lot i think there is some good to be taken from these mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's my closing thought sure sure yeah, yeah. um well, man, that was fun. That was good. That was really good. Yeah, dude. Let's. You know what? I think what I'm gonna do, and uh, you can tell me if this is a bad idea, and I will cut this. Okay. But I think what what I'm gonna do is make this a Truth for Doubt extras. But I'm going to release it as a normal podcast, as kind of like a taste of what the Truth for Doubt extras is. Yeah. Uh, so what Truth for Doubt extras is is when we are done with a podcast, but our brains keep going and we want to keep talking about the subject, yeah. but it's kind of gone over the normal uh, the normal time limit of the podcast, mm-hmm. we, we make this thing called Truth For Doubt Extras and we release it only for Patreon supporters. So if you want to get content that's more like this, where we kind of continue our thought from the original podcast, then head on over to patreon.com slash T4D and you can get the Truth For Doubt extras for just five bucks a month. Um, and uh, yeah, we already have one up already, a Truth For Doubt extras yeah. about the abortion topic where we talked a little bit more in depth about, uh, what was it about? You you were, you were had some really good questions about- uh, um, Like more specific like medical indications um, and just really specific uh, situations and questions. Of- right. Yeah, it almost got into abortion situational ethics almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you want to hear our thoughts and opinions about that, patreon.com slash T4D, um, and you'll you'll get the Truth For Doubt extras. So this is just a, a little sampling of, of what you'll get. Yeah. So Truth For Doubt extras. Extras. So See what it tastes like. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for listening. We really enjoy your, uh, your support and your feedback. So if you have any of that, uh, head on over to uh, truthfordoubt.com. Send us an email at truthfordoubt at gmail.com. And until next time. Until next time. Thank you, guys.